الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان لا يوم الدين عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما قال أخذ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بمنكبي فقال كن في الدنيا كأنك غريب أو عابر سبيل وكان ابن عمر يقول إذا أمسيت فلا تنتظر الصباح وإذا أصبحت فلا تنتظر المساء وخذ من صحتك لمرضك ومن من حياتك لموتك رواه البخاري Alhamdulillah brothers and sisters we're continuing with the 40 hadith and alhamdulillah we've reached hadith number 40 and Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah uh, his objective was to compile these 40 hadith in regards to fundamental most important issues in deen and they are those matters that are the teachings of Islam revolve around this so that if any given hadith you pick it out it has to do with a very important fundamental teaching of Islam any given hadith we just put your finger on it any hadith from these 40 hadith they are mashallah a fundamental principle of Islam Yani Islam revolves around this. If somebody were to ask you, what does Islam teach? You can say, this is what it teaches. And it would be like a fundamental principle and usul of the deen. That is why I say that everyone, every Muslim should be acquainted with these 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. And when I say acquainted, it's like something that you know and you believe and you practice. And acquaintance of something means you might not be able to quote it verbatim, but you should say, yes, there is such a hadith. For example, hadith number one, which is very easy. All deeds are based on intentions. Every Muslim should know. Every deed is based upon your intention. In other words, intentions go very, very far. If a person has you know, sincere intention in what they do, an external practice and an external thing that we do, it can be a, it can be a, a, a savior or it can be your destruction just based on the intention. A simple act, like drinking water, right? It can be, it could change in its, in its magnitude just based on your intention. The smallest act could change simply based upon your intention. So this is hadith number one. Every Muslim should be acquainted with these hadiths. Every one of these hadiths is basically a major usul, a major principle of the religion. So acquaintance with something, you know, means that you should, right, you should be in touch with it. You should be able to understand its meaning, understand what it is saying. So hadith number 40, Imam Anawi literally the final or 40 and he adds extra two he adds another extra two which is for a, an extra benefit which he thought that he should add that but the objective of 40 is as mentioned in one hadith the prophet sallallahu is reported to have said that anybody who compiles or memorizes or gathers 40 hadith of mine he'll be resurrected on the day of judgment with the scholars allah will Allah will bring him out and resurrect him on that day with the scholars of Islam. So even though the person might not be 
of that caliber. But when you have compiled, gathered, learned, memorized, uh, and put together this 40 hadith, Allah will resurrect you with the scholars. He mentions this in the beginning. He adds another extra two uh, for, you know, for a benefit, inshallah, we'll mention. So this hadith, number 40, we discussed it uh, in detail last week. We had a short time, so I, uh, I finished it, but I just wanted to mention it again and go over it, and we'll cover the rest of the hadith that's mentioned in the compilation. Ibn Umar narrates that Rasulullah grabbed me by my shoulder and said, be in this world as a stranger or as a traveler be in this world as a stranger or as a traveler and ibn umar radiallahu anhu he used to say that when you go into the evening right do not wait do not expect to see the morning and when you wake up in the morning don't expect to see the evening and take benefit from your health before you become sick and take benefit from your life before your death and subhanallah you can see the correlation of this being the last hadith and how the, the, the advice is also like a parting advice right that be in this world as a stranger or like a person who is a passerby and why this is important is because as is mentioned we, we read a couple of he says because this world is an abode that we are all going to pass and it is a bridge that we go over so just like when you're passing by a bridge you don't build on a bridge you pass over a bridge the life of this world the example of this life is like a bridge that we pass over this dunya is a bridge to the akhirah and how the actions that we do in this world and the deeds that we do in this world and the legacy that we leave behind right will then resonate and it will echo in our eternity what we do when you clap right the clap echoes right so our deeds that we do in this world echoes for eternity in the akhirah so the seed we plant in this life and the fruit the tree right doesn't grow here it grows in the akhirah and it gives fruit in the akhirah so this this dunya as it said dunya mazra'atul akhirah that dunya is the cultivation ground of the hereafter you plant your seeds here and you reap the fruit in the next world right just like a person he knows I am working here and I'm gonna then reap the benefits in my retirement I'm you know I'm gathering my money I'm saving my money I'm you know building my savings so I can enjoy my retirement imagine how hard people work hmm how hard people work so that they can enjoy what last 10 years that how long you're gonna live after retirement you people retire at 65 now when is retirement now huh? 60 well, every year subhanallah 67 now yeah basically uh, you have like 
you don't even have like the, the energy to, you know, you'll be retiring in a wheelchair probably. The way things are, the way the food is, and the way the health condition is. And you know, you have the medical, you have the medical uh, advancements, and the medical advancements, it prolongs your life. It doesn't prolong the quality of life. It can, it can prolong your life, but I don't know about how, it can, how much it can prolong the quality of life. Anyways, 67, people work their guts out up to 67, and then what happens, right? So that you can, what, another 10 years? Another 20 years? How much longer is it that you're really going right, to enjoy that? So for that 10, 20 years, people like, wow, they work like, you know, and you have to work. I'm not saying don't work. Enjoy, like work, work as much as you can. But keep in mind, right, eternal. Keep in mind in comparison that 20 years of retirement plan, keep in mind that eternity retirement plan, the eternity bank account. So you have a bank account here, no doubt. You have to do that. You must do that. It's wajib for you to do that. Nobody get me wrong here. I'm like speaking against work and speaking against how are you going to survive you must work you have to work it's wajib for you to work but along with that simultaneously man you can't what are you you can't chew gum and walk at the same time you have to be to be able to do everything think about your akhirah as well you can do that along with working along your akhirah along with not forgetting your eternal retirement plan not forgetting that and this is the meaning of this, that كُنْ فِي Be in the life of this world as if you are a, a stranger in this world. Or you are somebody that is just passing by. So, um, there was a very interesting story of Mahmoud Ghaznawi. How, you know, the way that a stranger and the way that a traveler lives. Mahmoud Ghaznawi was one of the great kings of Ghazni. Very great, great king of, you know, the Ghaznawi Empire, Muslim Empire. A great general, a great sultan, a very pious person. And he had a, a Malang-type brother by the name of Bahlul. Bahlul Dana, they used to call him, Bahlul. Bahlul, it was a name to mean like the eccentric one. He was very eccentric and very, you know, uh, he would roam the streets and he was an ascetic. He was a Sufi, he was an ascetic. So he said, oh my brother, you see all of this possessions that you have, O Sultan? He said, you are going to give hisab of all of these possessions that you have. These carpets, these rugs, these horses, these servants, these jewels and these diamonds and these gold and your silver. You're going to have to give hisab of everything. He said, okay, so I'm going to give hisab of it. Do you know what a hisab is like? You know what hisab is like? He said, no, tell me what is a hisab. So he said, okay. So he had all of his courtiers. He said, you know, he said, make a fire. So they made a fire. He said, make a pan. So he made a pan iron pan and he put it on top of this fire huge fire and he put a huge pan there and then he said now take off your shoes so okay he took off his shoes he said now, now stand here and I'm going to ask you about all of your possessions 
all of your worldly possessions, what you possess. Stand on this hot pan, and as you're standing on this hot pan, barefooted, you have to tell me, and I'm going to ask you from every single thing, okay, your gold, how much is it? Your silver, how much is it? Where did you earn it from? How did you earn it? Was it from halal means or was it from haram means? Okay, now where did you spend it? Whoa, 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 wait a minute. So he, he said, he stood on the pan for like one second and he just jumped right back off. He said, I can't handle this. So he said, how are you going to do it? He said, not a problem for me. He says, then he says, Balol, yag chobu yag kashkol. He put his foot, he says, Balol, yag sotau yag kashkol. He went like this. He said, how are you going to pass over it? He says, like this. My name is Balol, yak sotau yak kashkol. There. I, I, I stepped on the pan, I gave my hisab, and I, one foot, one step, it didn't burn me. So he said, that's how, we, I, that's how I'm going to give that. Balol, yak sotau yak kashkol. One stick and one basket. And he said, that's how I gave my hisab. Anyways, the point was that Balol was trying to teach his brother who is in living in luxury and in, in this, you know, uh, in, 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 uh, in royalty and in luxury, he's teaching him a lesson that the hisab is not an easy thing. Sayyidina Abdurrahman ibn Auf, he was from the millionaires of the Sahaba. And he was also from those who are the Ashara Mubashara. And he said that the poor will enter into Jannah 500 years before the rich. So Abdurrahman ibn Auf said, he said, that hadith when we heard it from the Prophet, we wish we were poor. That was the only time that we wish that we were also did not have because we wish that we would be. And it's not that they earned haram. It's not that they have done wrong. It's not that they have committed a sin. It's just that you have to just give hisab. What is the hisab? Where did this come from? How did you earn it? How did you spend it? You earned it in halal? You spent it in halal? Or you earned it in haram? You spent, how is the whole, just, you got to get audited. That's as simple as it is. IRS. When you got the money, you're going to get the audit. The same is on the reckoning. And that is why, to those who are, as is mentioned, we were reading this last week, those who spend this life with simplicity, they live a simple life. Now, subhanAllah, a major portion of our problems today is that we buy the things we don't need and we live in the houses that we don't reside, right? How much of the house is a place where people don't even need it, people don't even reside in it, right? We buy the things we don't need and we reside in the houses that we are right not living in and so on this is this is become the state of people overloading you know one of our friends you know he is in the junk removal business so he said that there's so much hoarding people just hoard things people just gather things and you have garages and garages filled with things that people buy that they don't need people buy that they don't need it's a sale Oh my God, it's a sale, it's a sale. So what's the big deal? You already have everything. Why are you so excited about the sale? But I know there might be something that is on sale. 
So you should, people are just going to buy stuff because it's on sale, literally. Like, it's a sale. So people will go and buy something just because, right? Today, it's just cheaper than it was. Now you have like, I said, you go into the people's houses. This has become a sickness. Just gathering of wealth or gathering of... Allah Azza wa Jal mentions this in the Quran. وَيْلٌ لِكُلِّ هُمَزَةٍ لُمَزَةٍ الَّذِي جَمَعَ مَالًا وَعَدَّدَةٍ يَحْسَبُ أَنَّ مَالَهُ أَخْلَدَةٍ I think this is the cure to the disease of hoarding. The Prophet, Allah Azza wa Jal says, right? الَّذِي جَمَعَ مَالًا وَعَدَّدَةٍ Woe upon the slandering backbiter. One other quality he has, الَّذِي جَمَعَ مَالًا وَعَدَّدَةٍ he collects wealth and he counts it. And then why does he do this? He thinks that his wealth is going to increase his lifespan. And you see the psychological, what Allah Ta'ala is mentioning here is people have this notion that the larger my bank balance is becoming, the more it's extending my, my, my lifespan. A lot of these people have, people who have hoarding disorders, a lot of them have lost somebody in their life. Or their fear of losing somebody in their life. They lost a child at a very young age. They got in a very terrible divorce, right? The, 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 the wife took the kids, or the husband ran off with the kids, and now, you know, what does a person do? He's just collecting things out of fear that, you know, holding on to everything, even if it be like garbage, they're holding on to that because it makes them feel, because they've lost, they don't want to lose again. Thinking that his wealth and his mal is extending his lifespan. Whereas it is not extending your lifespan. This does not expend, extend your, your lifespan. There was a person who was in such a condition, literally the city... And the people who were in charge of that apartment complex, there was like literally stuff just bought and thrown. And it's like you literally have to like walk sideways to enter inside the house because it's like piled up stuff all the way on both sides. You can't even get inside the door. And this is garbage and receipts and paperwork and kids' toys and shirts and pants and stuff that was bought and it was just kept there and they thrown in there and just like sometimes it gets really really disgusting but what happens is this mindset that i'm gonna die one day when a person realizes that when i wake up in the morning i don't expect to see the evening and when i see the evening i don't expect to wake up in the morning would we be collecting to that extent so a lot of these advices of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is thinking about one's mortality, pondering over one's mortality. It changes your whole character. It changes your whole, the way you deal with other human beings. Like I mentioned last week, I said that imagine if the doctor were to tell you and diagnose you that, for example, you're going to die in a month. Or you're, you know, you have this much time to live. There's a lot of things you wouldn't do. And there's a lot of things you would do and you would change your complete life. Right? There's a lot of foolish things we would drop out of our lives. Right? There would be different things that would be important to us. There would be different things that would be more precious to us than what it is right now. There will be a lot of grudges that we would probably throw away. We would throw away a lot of grudges from our hearts 
because we know that, okay, my time to meet my Lord is, is near. This is, a, this is something that we should constantly have. And this is what the statement of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar is, that when you wake up, don't have expectation to see the evening. In other words, you know, be prepared. It doesn't necessarily mean, that it, that our deen does not teach to just give up everything. Become extreme. There is no extremism in our deen, right? Our deen is ummatan wasatan. It is a moderate deen. But, you know, all of these things remind us that we have to keep our everlasting abode in mind. This is the, um, this is the, the, the main principle of our religion. And verily, the next life is the true life if we only knew. What have we prepared for that? Every day we should remind ourselves. What have we prepared for that? What have we prepared for our everlasting abode? Today, right now, Malakul Maut comes, the angel of death comes and presents himself before you and said, it's time to go. What would you have? You say, this is what I did. That's scary. This, and this I want everybody to, this is the, the, the answer, this is the, the, the homework for hadith number 40 of Imam al -Nawi. That if Malakul Maut comes right now, asks you, what did you do in the life of this world? You were given this life. Is it interesting, the, the Christmas carol? You guys know the story behind the Christmas carol? Right? Scrooge, that dastardly man who hated Christmas. Bah humbug, right? It's an interesting story because he was, he was brought back, right, to the future and to the past and he was shown. And it's an interesting story because if we were to have, like, what did you do for your life? And this man seeing his whole life ahead of him, the past, the future, of what it would be. And then he sees like, what, what did I do on this earth? Look at this, my attitude and my evil and my stinginess and my greed and not giving people off on holidays, not giving people off on Christmas, like what I did to people's lives. What you do, right, resonates in the future, resonates in your akhirah. Right? And, and like it shows one possibility of where he ends up in hell, obviously. Right? But my point is, you put yourself in like that Scrooge's like, scenario. Malakul Maut is saying, okay, I'm going to take you right now. Or I give you life and you change. What, what did you do? What did you establish? What did you accomplish? Somebody says, I didn't accomplish anything, but these children of mine, I worked on them. I worked on them to make them good people, to make them Hafiz al-Qur'an, to make them Alim of Deen, to make them good human beings, to make them good Muslims. I worked on them. Okay, wonderful, mashaAllah. Wonderful, that's great. You did something. What did you do? Really think about this. Alhamdulillah, I, I memorized the Qur'an al-Kareem. Allahu Akbar. Okay, that's it. You have an amazing achievement to take, to stand with that before Allah Azza wa Jal. There's an ayah of the Quran that says, Man ja'a bil hasanati. Man ja'a bil hasan. The one who comes to Allah with hasana. You have to come to Allah with it. You have to come to Allah with it. Like, you know, you go through this, you know, you go through the uh, maze and you have to carry the water without spilling it. You know, you go through the, the whole thing and you're not supposed to spill, you know. You have to literally reach Allah with those deeds. Malakul Maut is going to come right now. Your mortality should be in front of you. What did you achieve? 
Subhanallah, people, I mean, a lot of us, we don't even read a page of Quran daily. This is the completion of the Arba'in of Imam al-Nawi. I want to say this to everybody, brothers and sisters, we really need to pick up our game, man. We really need the upgrade. We really need to pick up on our akhirah, on, on what we're sending ahead. وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَالْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدْ Oh, oh you who believe, fear Allah Azza wa And look, what have you sent ahead? What have you sent ahead? We don't even open up the Quran every day. Some of us cannot even read the Quran in Arabic. What, what are you going to go to Allah with? Ask yourself this. Malakul Maut is here right now. He's going to take you. What did you establish? Did you volunteer a single day at the masjid? Did you contribute something? Did you contribute something to your community? Did you contribute something to society? Did you contribute something to humanity? What have you done? What have you given? Every single, every single one of us should ask ourselves this question every day and work towards it. It's a very easy thing. Somebody might say, oh my God, this is a... No, it's a very easy thing. Though anyone who has a connection with the house of Allah Azza wa Jal, you have, you have an opportunity to contribute in any and any, 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 many ways. And because this is, this is the, the greatest contribution to humanity is the house of Allah Azza wa Jal. The greatest contribution to humanity is the house of Allah Azza If you have a connection to Allah Ta'ala's house, this is a contribution in and of itself. The fact that you're sitting in this gathering at this moment, this, these lahavat, these moments, these moments will be preserved. Allah Azza wa will call out on the day of judgment. Where are the people of karam? Where are the people of honor? Ya Allah, who are the people of honor? He said, the people who used to sit in the gatherings of my remembrance, where are they? It's not like, okay, making contribution of, to humanity, you know, discovering a vaccine, right? doesn't have to necessarily be that. Like, wait a minute, I'm not, an, I'm not no scientist. Well, you're not, not discovering. doesn't have to be that. It could be your own deen, your own practice, your own piety, your own ta'alluq in connection with Allah. I'm a person of salat. I'm a person of tahajjud. I'm a person of charity. I'm a person of fast. Ahlan wa sahlan. Subhanallah. You did something with the life that Allah gave you. Allah Azza wa Jal will say, Kulu washrabu hani'an bima aslaftum fil ayyam al-khaliya. Allah Ta'ala will say to the people in the akhirah, eat and drink now, be my guest. Eat and drink from the favors and from the fruits of paradise. Eat and drink because of that which you used to not drink because you were fasting. You were not eating, you were fasting. In other words, that fast, that prayer, that sacrifice, that charity, وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ تَجِدُوهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ And any charity that you give, you will find that reward of it with Allah. Where is your charity? Where is your salah? Where is your zakah? Where is your hajj? These are the things you will find with Allah Azza wa Jal. So we need to pick up just this, let's just say you didn't do nothing today, you just did this. This is something that you present to Allah. You perform your Salatul Fajr with, salat, with, with, with Jama'ah in the Masjid. This is something that you did that day. This is something that you can present that day. That conversation that you had with Allah, that dua that you made, the Qur'an that you recited, all of these things will be in your account of the Akhirah. These are hasanat. You are your hasanat. 
Your life is your hasanat. This is what you are. This is the currency of the akhirah. No more Bitcoin. No more all this other stuff. No euros and no Afghanis and no uh, rupees and no dollars. It's hasanat. That's it. That's the only currency of the akhirah. Build your currency. Let's say you don't do anything. I'm talking about contribution to humanity. Okay, you don't, you don't make a contribution to heaven. Make a contribution to your akhirah. Build your hasanat. Work in your hasanat. You could do that while you drive Uber. You could do that while you're on the job. You could do that while you're in your factory. You could do that while you're putting in time at work. Tasbih, subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, wallahu akbar. The one who says, subhanallah al-azimi wa bihamdihi, one tree is planted for him in paradise. This is not something you need to do to cut off from everything. But to have the focus upon the akhirah, that وَإِنَّ الْآخِرَةَ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ That the true abode is the hereafter. This is this principle of Islam. This is what this, this 40th hadith is telling us. That hey, all of this is going to come to an end one day. This is all coming. This life is a very short life. This life is a very mukhtasar, short, short life. What have we prepared for our everlasting abode? May Allah give us tawfiq. And a very simple thing. وَخُذْ مِنْ صِحَّتِكَ لِمَرَضِكَ Do in your health what you're not going to be able to do in your sickness. Because that's the sick days are going to be coming. And do in your life what you're not going to be able to do after death. In hadith number 41, أَنْ أَبِي مُحَمَّدَ أَبْدِلَّا إِبْنَ عَمَرْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا إِبْنَ الْعَاصِ قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هَوَاهُ تَبَعًا لِمَا جِئْتُ بِهِ Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, Abu Muhammad, narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi said, none of you has true faith until his desires become in accordance to what I have been sent with. Subhanallah. This is a very, it's a fundamental principle of our deen. That my wish, my desire, my practice, my outlook, my life, my everything, it should be in submission to what the Prophet ﷺ has been sent with. Let me, let me back up a little bit and I'll explain this hadith in another. Today, identities are equal to the colors of the rainbow and more, if you know what I mean. Let's talk about the rainbow a little bit. No conversation is complete today without talking about the rainbow. Literally, according to whatever you feel like, at any moment you feel like, that is your identity. A person's sexual preference becomes their identity. How on earth did that ever become an identity? Do you understand what I'm saying? Identity? Like, this is who I am. This is what defines me. If anybody has any doubt about how evil this is and how deviated this is, is imagine that somebody, this act that they do, this shameless act that they do with another person, which is supposed to be something so private, if you have any doubt as a Muslim that this is complete deviance, it's complete misguidance, then just think about this, that a person, this act 
that is evil that they're doing in their privacy, which is supposed to be done in privacy, they have not only not doing it in privacy, they're not keeping it behind closed doors. They're not keeping it to themselves. They're letting everybody know that this is not only what I do in privacy, this is my identity. Do, do you see how, how crazy that is? This is my identity. This is what I identify as. Many people here are married. What you do in, in, private, uh, in the private sector, that's everybody's own personal thing. Everybody, everybody who's married has a personal and private life. That's what marriage life is about. But imagine if that aspect of your private sector, you wear it on your sleeve and say, this is my identity, this is what I do. Who cares about what you do? Nobody wants to know about what you do. I don't give a, a rat's foot about what your private relations are behind the closed door. Keep it to yourself. Don't shove it down my throat. I don't care about what you do. And this is a shameful thing, and it is a modest thing, and it is an abomination, plain and simple. How did that all of a sudden become your identity? This is my identity. I identify as this. When you, when a, where is the, where is the, 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 the key mal malfunction? Should we talk about where there's the mal malfunction? And, and because the, the door was open towards this identifying as dot, 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 because the door was open to that, do you know the problem that that led to? The problem that that led to is that at any given time, anything that I feel becomes my identity. At any given time. You know, I, I saw a couple of crows outside my window the other day when they're like, caw, 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 caw. So I was like, oh, those crows really look cool. Maybe I could be a, what if I was a crow? Hey, you know what? I want to change my name. Call me Tamim, Mr. Tamim Crow from this day on. I'm going to go, I'm going to change my name. This is my identity. I'm a crow now. So if you're going to call on me, I'm going to say, caw, caw. Dr. Saab is laughing, but this, what I'm telling you is not a joke. Did you see what I just said? Probably say this, this, this sheikh is like smoking something before he came to class. An imam from Canada told me that there's a person in their community who changed his name to Muhammad Crow. Muhammad Crow. He was in, he's a 12th grader. And he was looking at crows and he said, oh, crow is really nice. So I'm going to change my name. He went, he officially changed his name in the, in the government. Like he probably properly changed his name. His name is Muhammad Crow. So when the teacher calls, takes, uh, uh, takes uh, attendance, Muhammad Crow, caw, caw, the answer is like that. There's another one who, who actually identifies as a cat. And another one that identifies with God knows what. If this is not like insanity, then I don't know, like really, what's the definition of insanity? All of the malfunction, where this malfunction comes about is that you allow your nafs to be your guide. Your nafs is not qualified to lead you. This nafs, this desire, these impulses, these nafsani impulses, sexual impulses, Emotional impulses, instinctive impulses, right? We have this within us. I have an emotional impulse. I want to just scream sometimes. 
right? I have a sexual impulse. I have desires. I have all these different types of things. Does that necessarily mean that whatever those impulses that we have, whether they're animalistic? And, you know, in Sharia, Imam al-Ghazali actually divided the three or the four major human impulses that we have within us. Do you know what those are? You're not all human, if you think you are. There is hidden impulses inside of you. All of us have it inside of us. Number one is you have beastly impulses. The desire to eat, right? And it, what is, what is a dog when it wakes up in the morning? What's the first thing it thinks about, right? First thing it thinks about is, you know, where's my puppy chow? You know, that's what it's thinking about. It ain't thinking about anything else. You know, put, give me food. Where's the dog bone? Right? These are the, this is the first thing. Where's, where's the dog bone and where's, you know, the, the female or the male, if you get what I'm saying. This is the beastly impulses that within every human being. Secondly, we all have devilish impulses. Jealousy. Jealousy. Envy. Anger. Arrogance. Pride. Right? Deceit. Lying. Cheating. Hurting. Fighting. These are the devilish. It's, in, it's an impulse. It's an impulse. The third one is our angelic, our angelic potential to do good, to show mercy, to show compassion, to pray, to, you know, be generous to other people. You know, all human beings have this. Now, whatever you identify as, whatever you, whatever you embrace, whatever you take, whatever you embrace, whatever impulses inside of you, you work upon, this is what you become. You literally will become that. So let's say like, I just eat and I live to eat and I, I eat to live and I live to eat. That's all I do and that's all I think about. Or I think about opposite gender or same gender for, you know, since we're talking about the rainbow, right? Opposite gender or the same gender. You're constantly thinking about that. You start becoming that. You start becoming that. Is this what was the purpose of a human being on earth? To eat like an elephant? And to have relations like a dog and a donkey? Isn't that what is going on? Like animals and donkeys on the middle of the street in front of public. They are doing things that are inappropriate. Is it, is it happening or is it not happening? This is where you allow this to lead you. Your devil impulse, when that becomes the forefront of somebody, what they become? They become a shaitan, they become a devil. Constantly, from the time they wake up in the morning till the time they go into the evening, they're thinking about how can we make people fight? How can I steal, rob people? How can I con people? How can I deceive people? How can I take advantage of people? Isn't it? We know people like this probably. So, Sarapa, from head to toe, he becomes a devil. Head to toe. He becomes like, when people say, yeah, they actually say it, beast mode, hashtag. Beast mode. I want us them. Congratulations. Mashallah, great contribution to humanity you are. Be that for yourself, right? Whatever you're doing, that's wonderful. But like, that becomes what, that becomes what guides you. That impulse, it's, it's that impulse that you're following. What direction is that going to take you? Where is that going to lead you? You see what I'm saying? So you have, these, you have these three impulses 
the beast, the devil, and the angel. All three of them. You need them. You need to be angry. Sometimes you have to have that anger. You need to have a bit of jealousy, right? In other words, to protect your family, to protect your mahram, to protect your wife, to protect your kids. To, you know, these, are, these are why these elements are in you as a protecting, protective uh, barrier. You have to have desire to eat. You have to have desire for marital relations. This is for the perpetuation of the human existence on this earth. These have been placed inside of us for the needs that we have. And we have angelic qualities. That when, when a person becomes angelic, like what it was said about Yusuf bashara. When they saw Yusuf, they said, this is not a human being. This is a noble angel. He's not a human. He's a noble angel because he did not let his desires lead him to being seduced by those women. The women, when they looked at him, they did not. They said, we don't see a human being here. This is a noble angel. We see this? So my point is, the Prophet in this hadith is saying, don't let any of your impulses lead you. If anything other than one thing leads you, it will lead you to destruction. It will lead you to these identities. That that should not be your identity as a human being. That is not what Allah created you for. The identity of having this evil relations with another human being, this is your identity? This is what you identify as, as a human on this earth? This is war. This is waging war against your creator. This is my identity. This is who I identify as. Our identity is what? Abdullah. We are the creation of Allah. We are the slaves of Allah. قُلْ إِنَّ صَلَاتِي وَنُسُكِي وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِي لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ we are submitters to the will of Allah. This is what makes a human being a human. Other than that, anything else that you identify as, what are you identifying? Literally, a follower of your desire. Look at, what, look at now this hadith. Now we come. This is where the malfunction is. None of you has true faith until your impulses and your desires are submitted to what I was sent with. Now when I, have a, when I have a sudden impulse, I have a sudden impulse, a sexual impulse. What do I say? No, is this impulse of mine according to what the Prophet was sent or opposite of it? Oh, it was opposite, astaghfirullah. But I have so much of these impulses. Oh, what did the Prophet say? Oh, get married, yes. Okay, let me now, let me now conquer this impulse with making my impulse here go in accordance with what the Prophet was sent with. Do you following me what I'm saying? When you get this sudden impulse, I have this impulse. I'm attracted to X, Y, Z. I'm attracted to this. This is the desire that I have. No, no, no. You will now push, you will guide your impulse to go in this, this other direction. What is that? That I must see how did Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, teach me that I should release that impulse or fulfill that desire. I want to make a lot of money. Another person has an impulse. I want to make a lot of money. So what's the best way? Uh, just sell cocaine. I mean, that's the best way to make a lot of money. Wait a minute, but did the Prophet ﷺ? No. 
Now, I have to take that impulse of making money. Yes, do it. But what did the Prophet ﷺ? Is this halal or haram? My, my desire, my, my passion, my, my impulse is dictating me that I should take this. I want to open up a liquor shop. I want to open up a smoke shop. I want to open up a, this shop or that shop. Now, I have to ask myself, is this according to what the Prophet ﷺ was sent with? Is this what I want to promote? Is this what I want to? Is this the money that I want to earn to put food in the in, in the mouth of my family and my kids? This is how I want to do it. My impulse, I have to make it subject. I have to make my impulse subject to what the Prophet was sent with. Is everybody understanding now this hadith? The malfunction of human beings comes when we allow our impulses to dictate. Now we've lost submission to Allah. La yu'minu ahadukum. None of you has true faith. None of you has true faith until what? Until your impulses and your desires become subject to, to what I was sent with. To what I was. My impulses. I want my wife to wear makeup and I want her to dress this this like that wait a minute but is that what the prophet sallallahu said oh wait a minute no then I, I cannot allow that then and i cannot desire that and i cannot want that because this is not what the sharia or what sayyidina muhammad sallallahu allowed we have impulses we have desires we have all these right, what what our lower selves what our devil is demanding us to do what our beast inside is demanding us to do what our impulses inside is demanding us to do. True faith we will not have until we make that impulse and that desire subservient to the Sharia of Sayyidina Muhammad And what is the Sharia of Sayyidina Muhammad He says, anyone who follows you, I love him. That's as simple as it is. In kuntum Allah. Then when you put your desire according to His way, Allah will love you. This is the way to attain the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the way of the Prophet was in paradise. He was presented with milk and he was presented with wine. With both. This is the sunnah of the Prophet to show you the symbolic, the symbolic, how do you say, method the symbolic way of the Messenger of Allah He was presented by Jibreel with milk and he was presented with, with, with wine. Because he was in Jannah, wine and milk, both of it, it didn't matter. He could have chosen the wine as well. But look at what he did. He chose the milk. This was the fitrat of Rasulullah His fitrah, his natural inclination was to those things that were pure. When he chose that, Jibreel said, Asabta al-fitrah, O Muhammad Sallallahu you have taken the pure and wholesome path. If you would have taken another path, then maybe your ummah would have gone astray. Maybe your ummah would have gone astray. They would have made halal that which is haram. Because they would have made excuses. But because your way is the most wholesome, the most pure way, anyone who follows the Prophet Sallallahu because his disposition was molded on purity, anyone who follows him, he will be successful. Anyone who follows him, he will live a pure and wholesome life. The, 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 the essence of our religion is shame and modesty. The essence of the sunnah is shame and modesty. 
The essence of the sunnah is according to the purity and wholesome way. The essence of the sunnah is to stay away from the haram, to stay away from the evil. Anyone who follows him, subhanallah. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to implement what has been said. This is an amazing, uh, amazing hadith that shows that a person will not attain guidance until you work that your impulse and your desire and your inclinations be in accordance with the sunnah of the Prophet When it is on that path, right, then you will never become guided. I left you two things. You will never be lost. You will never be misguided. You will never be confused as long as you hold on to those two things. The book of Allah and my way. As long as you hold on to these two things and you make your desires, your inclinations, your perspective subservient to these two things. Any, this should be the attitude of a believer. Any thought that comes in your mind, hmm, this thing, you know, what did the Prophet ﷺ do about this? What did, the, what did Muhammad say, say about it? What did Sayyidina Muhammad ﷺ say about it? What does the Qur'an say about it? When a, when, when a Muslim has this, you should program this inside of your heart and your mind. That at any given question, at any given choice that you have in your life, what did the Prophet say about it? And do that. Inshallah, if you do that, you're... Inshallah, that's your GPS. You'll get to your destination. You're following that GPS. You will never be lost. And if you follow anything other than that, then it's like turning off the GPS and trying to figure it out on your own. Good luck. May Allah give us tawfiq. Next week will be last hadith. Inshallah. Time change? When is it time change? So next Saturday, yeah, after Isha. Isha is going to be at 9. Next week, inshallah, Isha will be at 9 p.m. So then we're going to have the, the hadith dars after. Not after Maghrib. We'll have it after Isha. And Isha next week will be 9 p.m. Jazakallah khair. Subhanakallah.